Every now and then on the Rumble Pack podcast, we give glimpses into the very core of our hearts and minds. Though we may be real tough guys with hearts of stone, today we thought we'd reveal a very big secret. And that secret is that we kind of think Super Mario 64 is kind of cool. Now, this may shock everyone as we have forever been very cryptic about our admiration for Nintendo and this particular entry in the Mario franchise. But trust us when we say, we don't mind it. After 134 mentions on the podcast to date, we thought it's nigh time we get right into this classic platformer that is considered by most to be one of the greatest games of all time, if not the greatest. So sit back, whack on a hat, curl your moustache, clear your pipes, and prepare to be enlightened as we dive straight into the Mushroom Kingdom to save a princess from a turtle dragon. Jimbo, grab that painting. We're going in. G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome back to the Rumble Pack podcast, episode number 33. 33. That is nearly a year, Will. Nearly a year. Do you mean in terms of like 52? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. It's 19 away. Yeah. It's only like- Quick maths. Not far past halfway, which is nearly a year. (laughs) It's very interesting how a podcast can change your perception of time. Yeah, and it's like you always say every year, the Christmas- uh, Christmas stuff going out at July. Yeah, in the shops and the Easter stuff. Actually, there's been <laughs> Easter yeah, chocolate in the supermarkets in December. Yeah, consider us the bringers of Easter. Yeah, but in our terms, it's the year anniversary, uh, the fifty second episode, which is very different to a year anniversary. Come to think of it, it is. This is an odd way to start the episode. Good day. <laughs> well, look, we've never attempted maths and I don't think we should ever do it again. <laughs> Not to bring you into my mistakes, but anyway. <laughs> no. Um, but I bring up maths, Will, because we're here to talk about a very numerically significant game. Okay, yes. And that is Super Mario 64. Oh, of course, because of the number. 64. 52 is nearly 64. So, when we get to the 52nd episode, we'll nearly be at Mario 64. <laughs> No, I think we probably should have waited to episode 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, cut it here. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about this game, which is um, as we've... Uh, we joked in the intro about this being something we rarely mention. And we mentioned this probably every episode at least three times in some way or another. Especially when we're, we really? Especially when we're nodding, when we're talking about a platformer. This game always comes in. Well, I was going to say, maybe the, when we've talked about a few 3D platformers. Mm, because the gaming industry as a whole owes so much to this game. Mm, uh, I think absolutely. this in Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the two that we regularly refer to. Yep. Um, and it's not how because- How generic of us. How generic. But it's not because we're generic and boring, Will. Mm. It's because our hearts are full with a few very special things. And we always speak like from- uh, yes, and we always speak from the heart. And I, coincidentally, uh, always talk about blood and gore in games too. So, yeah. Um, so I think it's only you're a psycho. Yeah. So this is what only- this podcast has become. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be featured in your court case one day. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> uh, so, just off the top, Will, how important is this game to you and I guess your gaming journey? I think we've been over it a couple of times, but again, just to refresh. 
it's pretty important. It's pretty important. It's one of those games where you hear, you just hear one piece of the music from the game and you instantly feel nostalgia. Like just especially the um, menu music of mm. this game. Like there's there's very few games where the music can you just, like just hit the feels so instantly. But when I hear the menu music for this game, it's just straight away. It's like, oh my God, it's like I'm six, mm. six again. Because this game was, which I think I've, I've been over before, but this was essentially the first game I ever, ever had. Yeah, my brother and I got a 64 for Christmas in 1990, uh, I'm going to say maybe eight or something. So, two two years after this came out and we got that this game with the 64 and that was it. Gamers mm. for life. Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely means a lot because Mario games, Nintendo is huge for me, of course, and I love, I've always loved Mario games, but especially the 3D platformers um, and, and it all stemmed from here. Uh, leading up to Odyssey, which was huge for me. I cried when it got revealed. So, mm. I think 64 means a little bit to me Yeah, because of that. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one that I always think of, always remember very fondly, even though playing it these days, I won't lie, gives me a bit of the shits. <laughs> Some of the levels just really annoy me. <laughs> yeah. But the, games, the game will always mean a lot. It always... Uh, it's always enjoyable for the majority of the playthrough whenever I've played it and I've played it through a bunch of times. So, mm. yeah. And I think we're going, we're going to be discussing the legacy of this game uh, fairly early on in the piece. So, we'll save a few thoughts for that. But I do want to say, of course, that uh, picking this game up to you know, review for this, for this episode, it's quite incredible how well it's aged. Even the original version that's been ported to um, Nintendo Switch and also uh, through the Super Mario 3D All Stars, but also the original original mm. has been now brought to Switch Online. Yeah, uh, and of course the Nintendo 3D uh, Nintendo DS, DS version, DS version yep. as well, a copy of which I've got in my hand, and uh, it's which is a good version. I really yeah. like it. It's a bit different to the um, 64 version. You can play as all the characters on the front there and it's okay. got a f- few extra levels and a 30 extra stars. So, it's a little bit different. But mm. it's also kind of a little bit easier because the map on the bottom screen of the DS kind of shows you where the star is and all this stuff. But it's if that's the way you play the game for the first time and only, that's a respectable way to play. Yeah. But regardless of which version you play, it's, it's just aged really well. Yeah. It's, um, it's just always fun. And I think it always will be, to be honest, which is a trademark of the finest platforming games that are around. Yeah. As we've mentioned a few times. It is. It's definitely the trademark of that. I just want to... This might be a little bit loud. I just really want to grab the cartridge off the shelf because I didn't. Oh. How did you know which one it was out of the 300 you have sitting there? Because I've got end labels on them. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to to hold that because, yeah, this cartridge is... It's the first one, you know, or the first piece of gaming that I ever owned. Same cartridge as this one. And it's just that picture on the front. It's very, very nostalgic. And it'd be a nice collection of dust in there just ready to be blown out. Yeah. (laughs) There's probably some leftover spit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What causes the most grief for a console, the spit or the uh, dust? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. We've got, yeah, as you said, the 64DS case here uh, to read the back blurb on the back. Well, I don't have the 
box for the 64 version. I, I wish I did, but uh, I can't really be bothered paying <laughs> for it now because I've already got the cartridge. So, I'd have to source the box on its own, yeah. which sounds like it just sounds too hard, you know. It does sound too hard. So, we've got the DS version to read the blurb on the back. Well, even just starting with the front, we've got Mario, Wario, Yoshi, and also Luigi. Mm. So, as you said, these are the four players you can play as in the DS version. Yep. But not the original. Uh, it is rated G8+. Plus, <laughs> and it's really satisfying with mild, mild gambling references. Oh, yes. Because uh, for, actually, I will quickly say as well, you, you start that game as Yoshi. Oh. You, don't, you don't unlock Mario to about 10 stars in. Um, it's a bit of a twist. Yeah. But with the gambling thing, a lot of the DS uh, Mario games, even like the 2D ones, <laughs> um, they came with a bunch of mini games as well, separate to the game. But they, it's almost like they were all the same mini games. They just plopped them in the mall. Yeah, and okay. there's one gambling mini game where Luigi is like working at a um, casino at a table. I forget what game it is, but it's literally just like some... Uh, some casino sort of blackjack game, <laughs> mini game. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, that's what that's for. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. the back of the box. Tap into a new world. Super Mario 64 has arrived for the Nintendo DS uh, with all new characters, courses, game modes, and challenges. And this isn't reflective of the original, of course. <laughs> I know. As soon as you said tap into, I was like, that's not reflective of anything we're going to say because that's like <laughs> using the stylus on the screen. <laughs> Uh, players Mario, Yoshi, Luigi, and even Wario each has a different set of moves essential for recovering all 150 power stars, 30 more than the original game. Why didn't we review this elite version? I mean, I I can speak on it. (laughs) Uh, Battle up to three friends in while... Look, we're not going to go into that because it's not part of the original. I know. Let's just Uh, just move on. (laughs) um, But yeah, it's sort of all irrelevant to the original. But nonetheless, nonetheless, they, they livened it up to make it more modern, hmm. probably 15 years ago still. But it's um, yeah. basically, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add my own summary to the back here. Oh, yeah? And it reads, Mario, run around kingdom, save mushroom, eventually get princess, <laughs> uh, turtle dragon Bowser, angry, take princess three times from Mario, uh, toad is a mushroom. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> Uh, it's not uh, wrong at all, actually. Uh, yeah. Except maybe calling Bowser a turtle dragon. I'm not sure. Well, what do you think he is? He's not a fish. <laughs> no. Are you saying he's a fish? No. He's a... Well, I just don't know if they actually classify him as a dragon, is all I'm saying. I don't know they classify him as a turtle either, Will. Well, no. He Well, he's a Cooper. He's mm. a big Cooper. And the Coopers are turtles. Are we sure? Yeah, because he was originally called King Cooper. And then in Japan, he's still called Cooper. But do we know that a Cooper is a turtle? Only because the turtles in Super Mario are called Coopers. The, yeah, little, the smaller turtles. But is there any reference to turtle in the game's will? They're just Coopers, <laughs> not turtles. The shell. I don't know. <laughs> the shell. <laughs> we found a hole. Yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, 60... Uh, 64 DS is a good game. Launch title, might I add, for the DS. Um, okay. That was like the big game that yeah, came right. with the DS at the time. And what year was that, sorry? Oh, 2002. 2004, sure. maybe, Four. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2002 was like mid- midlife of the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. They released- The Game Boy Advance only lasted like 
three, three or so years, yeah, and then they came over the DS. And they originally said that the DS won't replace the Game Boy Advance. It'll be alongside it, and then within a year, it the Game Boy Advance was just gone. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, let's talk about Mario sixty four for the sixty four a little bit, uh, with a little bit of its development back in the day. So, Mario sixty four it was released on the sixty four's launch day. Uh, in on June twenty third, nineteen ninety six, for Japan, uh, but it came to Australia on March first, nineteen ninety seven. It was one of two launch games for the system. There's just two: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sixty four Mario sixty four and Pilot Wing sixty four, which is a uh, flight simulator game sequel to the Super Nintendo Pilot Wings. Mm-hmm. It's just a flight sim, so everyone was playing Mario. Would have been realistic, I imagine too. Oh, yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe the 64 launched with two games, though? No. It's strange, isn't it? But it's 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 uh, it's telling of the time. Yeah. I think. And because modest, everything was modest back then. You just had to just take what you got. Yeah. Experiment with everything that's available rather yeah. than having 80 on launch. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Mm. The Switch launched with only, it was like six games. And like only two, two or three of them were actual on cartridge. Like there was like three extra digital and three cartridges. Something. Mm. Yeah, I remember the Xbox One launch was like the worst. Yeah, it was just like Madden and FIFA. <laughs> yeah, <a laughs> Dead time. Rising Three, I think, was the launch title. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, mm. something like that. Or Forza, something. Yeah, it was like Dead Forza Rising Motorsport. Three. That was the only attention it ever got because it was a launch thing, and everyone had to play it. Right, Rise, Rise, Fall of Rome. Uh, Rise, Son of Rome. Son of Rome. Rise, Son of Rome, yeah. Still looks great, that game, by the way. <laughs> wonder if the DS version's any good. <laughs> um, it, so, the 64 was developed by Nintendo EAD, which is one a, uh, a division of Nintendo, which was most well known for creating the Mario games, although they did a bit of design work for some other titles, including uh, games from the Zelda and Star Fox series. But so, yeah, EAD won, I think, or whatever was the... Head head studio. It was directed by the one and only Shigeru Miyamoto, who recently, uh, I just added this in, who recently in a video for Nintendo's new theme park at Universal Japan called himself Mario's dad. Right. They're very similar. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the uh, the old milkman's son. <laughs> I really. can't remember what he said, but I remember I watched the when it came out and he said something like, he said something about being his dad. It was just, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, Miyamoto, Miyamoto originally came up with the idea for the game in the early 1990s while developing the original Star Fox game for the Super NES uh, using the Super FX graphics chip, which was like a 3D chip for the Super Nintendo. Okay. It was like light 3D visuals. Uh, he originally planned it to, the game to be more of an isometric experience. Um Kind of like using a 2D assets on a 3D plane, like that 120 degree top down look. Look, yeah, you know okay. what I mean, like the diagonal look. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game moved to the 3D open world experience based on not the power of the 64 console, but on the controller's extra buttons that would enhance Mario's movement. So the the 64 controller was kind of partly designed for this game, only this game. Okay. So, that's how it ended up being such an absolute cluster of nonsense. Purely the boss battles. Yeah. <laughs> Swing and They designed it circles. around this game. Yeah. And it was just, it's 
bananas. <laughs> uh, this it was actually the game as well was developed alongside Ocarina of Time, um, and it actually took a few puzzles from Ocarina of Time, um, just to help feed uh, content into this game, uh, which partly led to Zelda having a two year longer development cycle. Because <laughs> they kept stealing ideas kept stealing from stuff. Zelda. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Funnily enough, though, Mario 64 left a pretty strange legacy on the N64 at the time. Uh, as it somewhat, pioneered the exo- it, it somewhat pioneered the excitement and early su- success of the 64, but it also was kind of the reason for its downfall. And I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. Because the 64 eventually lost a lot of its market share to the PlayStation uh, in the late 90s. And it was partly due to the cartridge technology that I'm holding in my hand right now uh, and the controller design. And both the cartridge and the controller were implemented uh, by Miyamoto reasons for Super Mario 64 specifically. So, he's the father of an Italian plumber, <laughs> a cartridge and a uh, a weird um, and a wacky controller. Wacky controller, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. It just went downhill one by one. Yeah. But so yeah, I don't I don't have the exact reasoning, but something to do with the way Mario was built using cartridge technology was the reason they went with it for sixty four, and the cartridge technology was the main reason that Sony started grabbing all of the third party exclusives because of the disc. Um, okay. The amount of loading uh, memory storage on a disc, and because discs were cheaper to make than cartridges yeah okay yeah so good on you mario 64 (laughs) yeah (laughs) other than that though the game left a cherished legacy for video games ever since 1996 of course being one of the most influential games of all time and basically mastering the 3d platformer genre serving as a blueprint for all those to come after it which we already mentioned of course Mm -hmm. um i wrote a couple of quotes here Tetsuya Nomura, lead designer at Square Enix, stated in 2016 that Mario 64 prompted the creation of the Kingdom Hearts series. Okay. Which is fun fact, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's a mission, its mission-based level design inspired games such as GoldenEye 007 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Right. Yeah. Never thought of that of Tony Hawk, but when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. They should have just given Mario a gun and merged the two. Yeah, because I mean, I suppose in Tony Hawk, you you go into a level, um, like a skate park for a run, and there's like ten or so objectives. That's yeah, just the right. same thing as going into Mario World and getting grabbing seven stars. Yeah, for different yeah, things, yeah. isn't it? Mm. The lead designer for Banjo Kazooie, Chris Sutherland, agreed that Super Mario sixty four set the benchmark for three pl- D platformers, mm. and uh, of course, many three D platformers came out after that would have been influenced by it, such as Banjo Conker, Ratchet and Clank, Rayman, and more. Which we already mentioned that sort of in the Banjo episode that Banjo would have helped influence as well. And uh, I actually just did a 100% run of Banjo that I finished yesterday. And we, yeah, we, we've spoken about Banjo already. Now we're speaking about Mario 64 and you can kind of say that they both left a good mark for platformers. And yeah, they're both, they're so samey, but also so different in, in so many different ways. But yeah. maybe that's a discussion for another time. But what do you think about... Um, Mario 64's legacy. Well, I'm not sure that there's a game uh, with as rich a legacy, to be honest, uh, because yeah, we can know. see it, in, like we said, we can see it in almost like every platformer that exists today, 3D platformer, that is. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, what but what set it apart from everything else so early uh, for me at least was the um, the sandbox style level design um, and just the overall positivity of the whole experience. Pretty much, like yeah, you know, it's the first you just go into a map and you can access the whole map straight away. It's not like a linear experience where you get to the end and it's done. Yeah, I mean, you go and find a star, and you know, as you go through each course within the level, um, you know, the finish points at a different part of the map. Yeah. Uh, but it was just like a big play space, um, effectively, which was, um, and Ocarina of Time did the same thing. Uh, but I, I guess for me playing the PS1, I never really had anything like that early on. Mm-hmm. So Mario was always just like, oh my God, I can just run around backwards and forwards and go across left and right across the map and back and forward uh, and flipping, doing backflips, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that was just really fascinating. Um, well, yeah, you had. You had Crash yeah. early on and Crash is a great platformer in its own right, but the ability to walk in any direction you like is not present in Crash. No. It's like three steps right, three so, steps left, yeah, and then you go forward. <laughs> at, the, at the time, it would be a huge jump mm. uh, definitely in was. terms of freedom yeah. Yeah, it was and movement. To- mm. It was just a totally different experience, Yeah, which is really cool. I guess uh, maybe Spyro, uh, that, Spyro that, yeah. and that came out, uh, I go into the year, 96, 97? I think the first one. PS1, Sparrow? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The first three were mm-hmm. PS1. Oh, so, right. I think um, whenever that was, that was a bit quite similar. Um, but again, it just it was just a, a bit of a different experience than Mario, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, um, I don't know, and this was probably my first time I'd had a, I'd played a game and Nintendo has a unique style of doing this. They do it quite consistently. Um, it's just having like a, basically a total lack of dialogue um, that doesn't, you know, besides the text that sometimes comes up on screen uh, for like a subtitle, like go here and try this. It's really short and sharp. Mm. And I just think that um, it's just really relaxing because the game doesn't try to control your attention and direct it to this story the whole time. It just yeah. lets you just take in the information as you want. Um, And yeah, it's just that the, and the written dialogue as well. It's just like, you can take it or leave it. It's just up to you to, if you just want that simple bit of flavor to the world, you can take it. Yeah. Otherwise, you get the point. Mario's just trying to save a princess. And as a kid, what more do you need mm. at that point? Yeah, no, especially as a kid. It's yeah. fun as an adult, but as a kid, it's uh, magic because mm. it's just it's just pure freedom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I th- and I think what the only scene in the game is the l- very last scene, I think, where Mario saved Peach and she speaks. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. That would really be the only scene in the game if you don't count like the very f- start where Peach sort of speaks when she she gives you the letter to come to the castle. Right, that's the very f- first bit, but it's it's just her face in like the sky. Oh, she's narrating in the letter. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah so it's that, and then the scene at the end. That, that's right. That'd be it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was quite weird to hear that. It was, <laughs> yeah. so, it was really jarring. Um, but otherwise, I just think that the. Um, Obviously, it's got a legacy, and this wasn't the first in the in the Mario series by any means, but mm. it really propelled it forward. Um, yeah, of course, because uh, basically, I mean, 120 or so games have released in the Mario series so far. <laughs> 120. Yeah. So yeah, with all the spin-offs and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's and that's comfortably the most of any franchise. Yep. Um, so I mean, and I just don't think that without without Super Mario 64. And the success it had and still has today, 
Um, I mean, who knows where Mario would be? Because even Super Mario yeah. Brothers, the side scrollers, they're they're not like I don't mean a B B grade game for any disrespect, but they're not like you know whenever a Super Mario Odyssey or Galaxy sort of style game comes out, that's the biggest that gets all the attention, mm-hmm. and then you get Paper Mario or um, Super Mario Maker, yeah, and that's sort of like a fun side game. Like, oh, I'm going to give that a go and chip away at that and play that in the background forever but obviously yeah. like in your experience know how much you love the 3D games specifically and they're like the centerpiece of the series yeah they definitely are I, I love I, yeah I love the 2D games I love them more now because of Mario Maker um, and Paper Mario is cool as well but there's some of them, the 3D games are just they're so finely tuned like they're just it's, they're just like they're perfectionists yeah it's just everything about it like you can't fault them then there's only five of them, like the proper 3D platformers, um, like sort of, you know, open world ones. Um, and, yeah, they don't come around that often, actually, as you'd think they'd come around more. Mm. But, uh, like, even the Odyssey was such a big deal because it was, when they come out, 2017, the last one that had come out, Super Mario Galaxy 2, came out in 2010. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. like, it was seven years of waiting. There, there was a couple of games in between that were sort of similar, like Super Mario 3D World and stuff, but they were more based on the 2D level design in 3D, so they were mm-hmm. very linear. But the Super Mario Odyssey come out, and that's the best. That's the best representation of being similar to Mario 64 of any of the Mario games ever. Okay, it's um, it is amazing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it's the 3D games are definitely the top pillar in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you? And what's the sort of the legacy of the game generally mean to you? Um, well, yeah, you can see you can see the what it's left, how it's left its mark on the industry in so many games. Because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say that the best 3D platformers you can play are the Mario ones, like in gaming. Because mm. like everyone's got opinions, what's the best, whatever. And I love all the di- all the different ones, but. There's nothing like playing a Mario one, and I feel like they're also so replayable because you could go any, you can go any way through the game, collect any sort of stars or, or whatever. You don't have to follow a strict path the same way. You can do things in any order. It's just nice to have that that sense of freedom, and I think the best legacy that the game's left is actually the movement of Mario because the the movement of Mario in the 3D space with the joystick was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. And that is the... Like, as much as the world's fun and the the music's fun and all that, the the, the reason the game is so good is because they fine-tune Mario's movement so well. Mm. And they give you this brilliant area at the start of the game in the castle grounds with no enemies in it, with just relaxing birds chirping, no music, to just jump around, just ping around to figure it all out before you even go into the castle. Mm. And it's just the it's the best tutorial there is because it doesn't force you into anything, and it just lets you um, it just lets you figure everything out for yourself. And yeah, the, the movement is you can see the movement in every, everything now: double jumps, long jumps, mm. t- spinning. You know, that's it's that's things that are in. All games, not even just 3D platformers, that all come from here. And you know, the the best damn thing about that intro, Will, 
is the fact that he feels heavy. He's got substance. Yeah. And that, to me, means he's incredible. <laughs> he's got a little belly. I don't mean weight wise. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. The, the, um, it's, uh, the thing about him feeling heavy, it never, this is the launch of the, the super, uh, the Nintendo 64. Mm. If you're a Nintendo kid growing up, right? That this will be realistically your first 3D game ever, right? And there's not a lot of sense of weight in a 2D game. No. Like even the games we've played now that we love, like Ori or something, like there's not you can't really feel Ori's weight. I don't think I've ever even considered it an, an like a factor either. Yeah. It's never even crossed my mind. Mm. So so, but in Mario 64. You can really feel Mario's weight, especially when you you run to the side and you flick the stick back and you do a, like a side flip, something like that. You can you can always see the way that his body takes the stop mm. and goes. You know, yeah. um, that's it's an important thing to think about. It's a good good thing to bring up. And he's hard to slow as well. Yeah, he he's hard to he slow. He doesn't stop instantly. You have to actually like if you're running towards an edge, you won't just turn on a dime. Mm. He will take that extra little bit of <laughs> footage. And yeah. you will fall off many, many edges. Yeah. No, many weight. Uh, the character having weight is a actually important thing in games. That's why recently in, in a group chat we're both in, I uh, some of the guys are playing the new Pokemon game right now. And I asked in the chat how the f- player feels to move. because I, My heart melted. I love reacted that straight away. Because that's an open world game sort of inspired, looks like um, Zelda. And... I know for a fact that playing when playing Pokemon Shield, when you're running around in the 3D space in the wild area, so like the open zone, the player character feels like a feather. Okay. <laughs> like there's just no weight to the character at all. Like obviously catching the Pokemon's like why you're there. So the character doesn't have to feel that heavy, but it it feel it makes it feel cheap. Especially when you play something from nineteen ninety six that the character you can feel the weight of the character. So this they- is 20 years later almost. It's cheap because they couldn't afford to feed them properly in development. So tight was the budget. They're like, you can't feed them, just keep them light. <laughs> so tight was the budget at yeah. Game Freak yeah. at Pokemon, yeah. Yeah. The highest grossing media franchise in the world. <laughs> tight asses. That's why it's such little I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's why the games look so shit. <laughs> <laughs> they need more. They have to re-release gold and silver again to revive yeah. the series. Yeah. It actually would revive the series if it's dead. <laughs> That'll always yeah. bring it back. <laughs> it would. It would. <laughs> anyway, great legacy left. All of them have left a big legacy, all the 3D games. They're all highly rated, big sellers, uh, except maybe for Sunshine. But they're all like, they're all very unique. They're all different, fun, colorful, mm. all worth playing. Yeah. And especially 64. And I feel, I, I think everyone should start at 64, especially if you have a, a Switch now. If you can get your hands on a copy of 3D All-Stars, which is a little bit harder now because it got discontinued. But if you can manage to grab it, that's the best That's the best way to experience 3D Mario from the beginning, mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about some of the characters in the game, starting with, of course, Mario. Now, Mario... We get an introduction to him in the game instantly because I'm not even talking about the actual game. 
as soon as you turn the game on, you can stuff around with his face. Yeah, big floating head <laughs> on the menu. Yeah. It's the best part of the game. I've, that's that's one of my like earliest memories in life. Yeah. City, so, city in the cot and also playing with Mario's face. So bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There is a reason that's in there. I don't remember what it is, but I've definitely read it before. Yeah, there's a reason they put it in there. I think they even maybe were mucking around with it like in development and then they thought it would just be a fun fun mechanic just to chuck at the start of the game for people to stuff around with or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's funny. It is funny. It's funny. It's 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 relaxing. Mm. It's as soon as you start the game up, it is super relaxing, even yep. the menu. Um and you feel uh and just playing it recently, it feels so much more modern than it does. Like there's no shortcomings of like the technology of the time mm. and playing with his face like it actually bounces and stuff yep uh, like the skin as you pull his cheek and then let go it sort of bounces yep and it is it obviously looks like it's old it's nothing extreme but it um, it's just a it's quite amazing how much life they've put they put into Mario yeah that's so long ago mm. um, yeah it's just really well done yeah and that's the first time when when everyone would have turned that on in 1996 that's the very first time they saw Mario's face in 3D, really. Yeah, true. So, like, it, he, he'd always fa- his face had always been, like, to the side. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you turn on Mario 64 and his face is just giant. <laughs> you can just pull his cheeks and eyebrows and everything. So, yeah. it's a funny way to introduce it. Mm. Um, I Speaking of the start of the game being relaxing, I just remembered. I, I don't remember if it's in the 64 version or the 3D version, but- you know, you got the opening menu and they got those tiles and stuff, all different colors. I forget. It might be the DS version. On one of them, when the the background to the tiles is rippling water mm. and it just looks, it's such a relaxing thing to look at. When you click the tile, The it just, it looks like it bounces in. The water just slowly ripples out from the button. Yeah, okay. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I do there's something yeah. about it. It's like. I always remember it. I love it. It's, it just relaxes me just to think about it. Because <laughs> the music, if you look it up now, if you're listening, uh, Mario 64 menu music is one of the most relaxing tunes ever. Well, whenever you zone out on the podcast, I know now I know that's where you've gone. It, more than likely. Yeah. It, more than likely. There's only a few tracks that can make me relax like that. Yeah. One of them, that's one of them. One of them is Hateno Village from Breath of the Wild. Look mm. that up as well. I actually listened to that today. Wellspring Glades. Oh, yeah, Wellspring Glades. Oh. Luma Pools. Oh, God. How good. Oh. What, uh, but Mario, he's he's a funny, I don't know. What do you think of Mario generally, like, as a, as a character? He's just a plumber. We've talked about him before months, months ago in an early episode of the podcast, but thinking about him just in Mario 64, I guess it, there's not really a lot to say. He doesn't speak. Uh, he, he makes, this is the first time he had, Voice acting with Charles Martinet. Right. Yeah. It's the first time he had a voice. Well, he's just he so- just goes, whack. Wahoo! <laughs> 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 he's just so charming. Mm. That's all he is. Yeah. He's jovial. Uh, he's just a- He's just a- He's a pleasant man to hang to hang around with. Yeah. Um, even though he's in a predicament. And the best thing, it's similar to Banjo. Um, the predicament- could be a bit dire dealing with a big enemy, but he's just so chill and <laughs> yeah. so happy. You just There's no stress whatsoever. Yeah. Except for the frustration when you accidentally fall off something. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But playing as Mario, <clears throat> excuse me, Mario himself, 
is just a he's just a real delight in sixty four. Yeah. Um. For the like we said from the first moment you take over and you're looking up at Peach's Castle, um, and you're just standing there flipping whatever. Even though yeah, he just goes Yahoo every time you flip, and you just he's just happy. It's just nice. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he's a he's a portly short uh, plumber with a massive nose. Yeah, um, his nose is is absolutely huge. It's massive, and I saw you see it from the side at the end when she ki- when Peach kisses him yeah. on the nose. Yeah, and I was just thinking, why is she going near the man? But um, it's his least redeeming feature. Mm. If you actually take a hard look at his face, yeah, it's like, oh my god, his nose is genuinely a massive ball. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad from that. Him being an Italian plumber that I'm sure if something was tried to be created today, it would probably be seen as like not PC or yeah. a bit offensive. Yeah. But the way it's been done, it's obviously not offensive or um, <clears throat> too intense. It's literally just, he just says, yo, here we go. Like mm. he speaks Italian. There's not much to it. But <laughs> at the same time, um, it's almost like a, he, he's almost started a stereotype <laughs> yeah. because if you see any plumbers- I'm sure if you met an Italian plumber, you the first thing you would think, oh, Mario's an Italian plumber. Yeah, you would. But yeah, so that's, that's all you get. Even if you meet someone called Mario. Yeah. You go, oh, Mario. Yeah, yeah. And we, uh, um, even at the tennis club uh, that my, <clears throat> from hometown, my parents used to play with a bloke named Dennis. Um, and I think he was a, I don't know if he was a, he might have actually, oh, I don't know if he was a plumber, right? Because that just sounds too good to be true, but he's a tradie of some form. Mm-hmm. He's an um, older bloke with a big white mustache and his name was Mario. His nickname was Mario to everyone. Yeah, okay. And even that sort of thing. You're like, <laughs> he's literally spawned from from it, from this. Yeah. From uh, Mario. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I just think everything about him, uh, and if we're talking specifically about 64, everything about handling him as a kid is just endearing and parents seeing him still would be endearing. Everyone loves him. Yeah. I don't know one person that doesn't like Mario. Yeah, I know. I don't want to meet them. No. Also, if Mario ever gets cancelled, I'd like to leave Earth. Oh, we can both go. It's fine. <laughs> it is more than fine. And I just want to say, I just noticed we have a uh, we have this wallpaper up of the game on an, on a screen right now, just for reference. And Mario has black mustache and eyebrows and a brown hair. Oh my god! I've nothing I've ever noticed that before. It's like me with like. You know, dark blondish hair and red facial hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's stuck. Like, I'm pretty sure his hair's brown in like Odyssey. <laughs> yes, I actually I think I noticed that if you on the um, Mario Golf cartridge for original Game Boy. Yeah, he's got brown hair, and it, it made me feel weird. Yeah, because you hair- see it from the back, and it's heaps of brown hair. His hair on the cartridge sticker here is black, black um, stash and eyebrows and brown brown hair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's yeah, what is it on the DS case? You can't see it's front on. They were hiding the shame. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Oh Luigi no, Luigi's got the the brown hair, so you But what but what's hair. the stash colour? Black. Oh, so it's yeah, it's still yeah, okay. But that that's odd, isn't it? It is odd. Yeah. That is a bit odd. Look, we knew that there were going to be some holes from a nineteen ninety six game. <laughs> yeah. We didn't expect it to be like this bad, but Yeah. We push on. Well, before we push on, uh, why don't we hit a little ad break so you can have a glass of bloody water because you're clearly having a rough time over there. 
Yeah, I've I I had COVID last week. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just a, quite the revelation, <laughs> I suppose, to just say. Yeah. But no, we'll come back shortly, talk about all the other <laughs> non-playable characters and uh, courses and then all that. So, be right back. <laughs> Sir! What? Are you here to buy a plumber's hat? Perhaps I am. Perhaps I am here to buy a hat. I'm a plumber, you see. And don't you know I've got somewhere to be? We'll say no more, for a hat you shall have that all will adore. Hmm. So interesting for a place for plumbers such as this to exist. Yet still, please show me all you have, if you insist. Here, we have a hat with wings. Is there any chance that this is good? No, no, I don't want to fly. What I want is something that can catch the eye, my guy. A bright red one it is for you then. Perhaps this one with an M for men? No, what about this one? It looks all metal and shiny. Oh, what about this one? That will turn you all tiny. No, I'm a plumber. All I want is a hard hat to protect my skull. Are you saying that you are a little bit dull? What? No, I? And if you don't mind me inquiring, what is the name of this here plumber who's buying? Will. Uh, well, can I interest you in this yellow one with a W on it? Who the hell do you sell this stuff to? Have you ever heard of the phenomena that are Italian plumbers? I'm not even going to ask. Plumbers hats available only in red, green, yellow and purple. Carpenters hats available elsewhere. Now, Will, it may surprise you that Mario 64 has a story. But please tell me it isn't gory. <laughs> it's not gory. No, it's simple. Very simple. You just go into the castle and you get the stars and you get to the end and you save the princess. You just got to save the princess because she invites you to the castle to try her cake she baked. (laughs) And it's metaphorical. The cake? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Suppose so. Yeah, for for party time. If you're going off that kiss on the schnoz. Oh, yeah. There's more more to that. (laughs) Yeah. She's never seen such a big nose. <laughs> Golly. Well, I know you had a few other pointers you wanted to mention about Mario. Yeah, and I've said a few times that he, it still handles really well, mm-hmm. and it does. Mario, he's a delight to control. Uh, but even the swimming is really comfortable. Yeah, the swimming is pretty good in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just very simple, quite slow and steady, but it responds really well to the joystick. It's just... You point to where you want to go, and you go there. Yeah, i i watched a I watched the YouTube channel Video Game Donkey, was real famous gaming channel, and I remember in a video when he was talking about I think Odyssey, he said that the Mario 3D games are so good that even the water levels are good. Yeah, mm. <laughs> which is true and high praise. Yeah, it does. And correct. It does yeah. say a lot. Yeah. Um. I do love that his uh, his default move is the one-two kick. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and, Who, uh, whoever uses it, though. Ah, uh, yeah, no. I don't know if I've ever used it. <laughs> nah, it looks awful when you do it. It's just it's very it's very boring. And I when I did it um, in replaying this game, I always went, uh, I don't remember that. No, nah, <laughs> I think the only time I ever used it was on uh, I think lethal 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 lava land. I think the level of fl- fire one. And there's a, life a bunch life? of a bunch of the um, bully characters, so the sphere sphere looking characters. They look like bomb on, but they they just have like angry eyes. Oh, they're the not, they're not a bomb. The red ones. Uh, 
No, no, I think they're, they're like navy. I think like they they literally. I think they just repurpose bombs. They're like trees. Yeah, we can say that. I mean, anyway, they you have to kick them off the platform into the lava, and I'm pretty sure I used the one two kick there. That's what I want to say. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, it's it's just so interesting that they ripped all the puzzles straight out of Ocarina of Time, well, and, it, and it put the game off two years for God's sake, and then they took the one two kick. From Bioshock, <laughs> and that put that yeah. game out eleven years delayed. Yeah. Ken, Le- Ken, Le- Ken Levine had his big break in nineteen ninety six, but they stole the one two yeah. kick, so it took him another. It took him eleven years. It took him to him eleven years to get going. So what can I do instead of a kick, a kick, a kick, a punch? And it, yeah. and it took eleven years to implement. And even then, that's with a wrench. Oh yeah, it's not even a fist punch. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still he still stuffed it up. <laughs> he, he just couldn't do it. Um, so, and otherwise, just a last note on Mario himself, because obviously he's not not too much more of his character to describe rather than the besides the actual gameplay specific mm. to this game, because everyone knows and loves Mario. Uh, but nailing the timing of certain platform jumps can be really tricky. Um, yeah, but I think it's just the sign of the era in terms of aerial control. Yeah, of course. But but otherwise, mm. like it's. And that's where it can be frustrating, but I mean, mm. every every platformer, every platformer ever is frustrating, Definitely. one way or another. And it's meant to be. It's meant to be challenging. There is some stuff in this game that is more frustrating than you remember as well. And I think the reason is because, uh, and it would be a sign of the technology at the time somewhat, but Mario sometimes is very hard to stop. Like if you do a... Um, if you do like a long jump or a side jump onto a small platform, yeah. it's really hard to stop him without accidentally jumping again and trying to land it or something. No, oh, the old the old scramble where you're just smashing everything. Yeah, it's, close it, your it, eyes it's really hard to best. not do that. Mm. Like it's harder to it's harder to not do that than um, do it or whatever. I wish they didn't yeah. give him weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some levels can be very frustrating. Uh, actually, for an example. I, I I played it through on the 3D All Stars when that came out last year, or whenever it came out the year before. I don't know. And uh, I haven't gotten every single star. I have about 114 of 120 or something. And w- one of the stars I need to get is the is every coin star because you get a, 100 coins gives you a star on every level on Hazy Maze Cave. Don't know if you remember that one, but it's like a poisonous maze underground mm, and it vaguely. stinks and there's a uh, star you know you gotta get the 100 coins it's so hard and <laughs> I, I just can't like because of the the platforming being able to go through every single part of that level from top to bottom without stuffing it stuffing it up falling into a hole getting every coin it, it is killer absolutely killer well between that and Donkey Kong 64 I just don't think you have a good time with these games no well I do it's called Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, well, how about some of the non-playable characters in the game? We've got the well. Firstly, we've got Peach. <laughs> Might as well start at the top. Yep, yep. We've got Peach. What do you think? I guess you don't see her. You don't actually see her very much. I don't really see her at the start and the end. No, but, but as iconic as hell. Yeah, old Peach, of course. Yeah, but. Question, Will. And this is a hot damn question. It's not burning, though. Mm. You're going to get a bit warm. You're sweating already, I can see. Um, well, we need to get warm. Cool change today here in Melbourne. And, you know, oh. we miss that stinking heat. 
Yeah. yeah. We had, uh, what, probably 100 days of 35 plus. <laughs> 100 days. Mid-isolation, no less. <laughs> um, but why, Will, is mm. Peach called Princess Toadstool or vice versa? Like, what's the what's her actual name? Uh, I don't... Well, I think Princess Toadstool is... Her title? Because she was princess of the... Like, the people of... A lot of the people of the Mushroom Kingdom are toads. <laughs> and she was, like, called that because she was the ruler. But I think it's because in Japan that a lot of the names for things in these old games are very literal. It's yeah. like if she's the princess of the Toadstool people, then she's Princess Toadstool. That's why I like, that's why Bowser in Japan's called Cooper. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what he is. I think, I reckon, like this is not um, official at all, but I feel like Princess Peach is probably a modernized name for the uh, American audience. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Well, it's funny though, isn't it? Like Based on the color. Yeah. yeah. Well, they call it the Mushroom Kingdom and the Mushroom People are called Toads, and she's Princess Toadstool <laughs> I don't know, why they of the Mushroom toads? Kingdom. Little Toads? I don't know. She's either Toad or Mushroom. <laughs> yes. If they've acknowledged the fact that the Toads are Mushrooms by calling it Mushroom Kingdom, she must be Queen uh, Princess Mushroom. It's going to be a real eye-opener for Mario at some point or other. Yeah, and, and I'll save my thoughts for actual Toad for later. Okay. I'll settle down. Well, speaking of Toad, what about Toad? I'm not ready yet, Will. <laughs> okay. Well, some other non-playable characters. We've got uh, the Lakitu Bros. The cameraman. Um, yeah. The cameraman. What are uh, like actual interesting, <laughs> uh, like unique situation where hmm. you're looking through the cameraman's camera the whole game? Yeah. And like, and, and funnily enough, for some reason, I did. I never even realized that for years, even though the very first scene of the game is like the cameraman, like you you first see the cameraman drop into a frame, and then you fly around with his camera and fire Mario. So mm-hmm. I was like, of course. And even in the top left or something, it says like live with the cameraman's face or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I, th- I don't think it was till like the DS version I played probably in like, oh geez, I don't know, two thousand and seven or something. Mm. That I actually picked up on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, it's an interesting little mechanic and even going Lakitu, Lakito, Lakito. Lakitu. Lakitu, bro. Mm. Um, It's just interesting and so weird. Yeah. But they're, they're cloud turtles. They are. Maybe they're toads as well. But not Coopers. No. They're no their not own, Coopers. They're their own turtle. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi also has a shell, but not a turtle. Yeah. Well, a few other non-playable characters. I'll just I'll just read through them. We've got Bomb-On Buddies, and they uh, open cannons for you. Mm-hmm. We've got Cooper the Quick, Ooh. who you race against in certain levels. Uh, we've got Hoot the Owl, who you can grab onto and fly around some of the levels to get to places quicker. Mm-hmm. We've got Penguins. Oh. They help sometimes. We've got a Yellow Rabbit. In the basement that you can catch for a start. Oh, good. We've got Dory the Plesiosaur. Right. Who is a Plesiosaur in the basement of Hazy May's cave. <laughs> uh, we've got Ukiki the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, 
He's on uh, what's that level called? Uh, tall, 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 tall mountain, and he steals your hat. These names are suspiciously tongue twistery, whilst being very simple. Yeah, we've also got Yoshi. Yes, who is on the roof the whole time? Oh, idiot! Yeah, if you if you beat the game with every single star collected. An extra cannon opens up in the um, castle grounds and you can shoot yourself on the roof and Yoshi's just hanging. And is Yoshi a Koopa? No, he's a, he's a dino. Koopa. He's, no, he's not a Koopa because Koopas are turtles, clearly. But Yoshi has a shell like a turtle. Well, <laughs> it's red. Like a turtle. I don't want to get into it. Red shells? Are they, throwing get- red, are they throwing Yoshi's shell around on Mario Kart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <actually. laughs> yeah, uh, we need to dive into this deep part next time. Now, this game has a lot of enemies in it, and I mean a lot. Yep. And I'm lo- I'd like to list them all. Rapid fire, oh, right now. Yes. You've done a rapid fire before. Do me proud. Lord. I've never done a rapid fire on Hit this it, podcast, buddy. but I listed them specifically. The rapid fire. Take it away. I've got two two lists as well. Oh my god! So this is new enemies. To Mario 64. So we've got amps, bookends, bubbers, bullies, butterflies, chairs, chuckies, clams, flamethrowers, foosh, gr- gridnels, heave hose, karumpa ball, klepto, <laughs> mad piano, mantas, money bags, moving bars, Mr. Blizzards, Mr. Eyes, piranha <laughs> flowers, <laughs> scuttlebugs, skeeters, uh, snuffets, spindle, spin drifts, sushi sharks. Uh, toy well, boxes, sushi unagi, and womps. Womps, yes, but sushi shark is a bit offensive. Well, why? Well, they're suggesting they're going to cut them up and put them into sushi. I don't even remember what that's from. <laughs> like where they are in the game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the return em- returning enemies from previous Mario games, of course. Oh. We've got beach coopers. Big Steelies, Bomb-Oms, Booze, Bubs, Bubbies, <laughs> Bullet Bills, Chain Chomp, free, fi- uh, Fire Bars, Floating Mines, Fly Guys, Goombas, Goobets, Coopers, Lacky Twos, Monty Moles, Piranha Plants, Pokies, Spinies, Spiny Eggs, Swoops, Thwomps, Tornadoes, Turtle Cannon. <laughs> turtle Cannon? <laughs> so we've got Cloud Turtles, Turtle Dragons and Turtle Cannons. Yeah. <laughs> and... Lakitu's. Yeah. I thought... I'm so confused between no, Well, there's and a Lakitu's. couple of cameraman versions, yeah. but there's also some Lakitu's that lob out spiky balls at you, oh. which is from the 2D games. Well, you know those things in the 2D games where you jump on the head and they turn to shells? Yeah, a Koopa. It's a Koopa. The ones that walk along the ground? Yeah. Yeah. Koopa. The green ones walk and the red ones have wings and they bop up and down. And what does a Lakitu look like? They're like a little... Um, I don't know, like a little guy in a cloud. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, like the cameraman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm confused. I'm sorry to make you do visual things on a podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. And now that we've uh, referenced every enemy, why don't we quickly talk about the big enemy of the game, Bowser. Yep. What do you think about Bowser? He's a really interesting villain, I mm. think. Uh, interesting, sorry, not interesting. Um, and given you don't really see him frequently, you'd think that he, um, you'd think that he would have li- very little presence. Mm. Uh, but 
because he's uh, so consistently mentioned by pretty much all the characters you can interact with, yeah. such as Toad 1, 2, Toad 3, 4, <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. <laughs> I was literally just about to say all the Toads, <laughs> maybe characters you interact with. <laughs> um, I have a feeling it's one Toad who's just, he just moves. No, there's a point. No, final cut scene. There's two toads next to uh, Peach. Really? Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> but because Bowser is mentioned so consistently, though, like you, when you talk to the toad, they'll be like, oh, Bowser's such and such, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, and throughout the courses, you see signs that might refer to him or a thwomp. Thwomp or womp? Thwomp? What are they called? Well, depends. The big there's- wall, the big brick things. Yeah, there's... Uh- oh, geez, I don't know. I think Thwomp are the ones that fall. Yes, Thwomp. And Womps are the ones that go up and down. Right, yep, yeah. yep. So, yeah, so in all these sort of places, they sort of refer to them like, oh, King Bowser's doing such and such. Like the king, the, the yep. boss of the level might refer to him like King bob who's a legend, by the way, King bob shout out. He's, yep. he's the best looking bloke on the in the game. <laughs> um, and when you are like, you know, going around the, the sort of the, in the castle and you're trying to go through doors and when you try to open a door... Uh, that you're not ready to open yet, you haven't collected enough stars, and Bowser's laugh echoes. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. And it is so intense. Yeah. And it's actually mm. quite creepy. And and that's pretty much you know, all that they needed to make his present fe- presence felt. Mm. Because, yeah, like I said, in, in a game like this where there's no where the villain's really seen, you'd think, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to hold up his presence and mm. he actually does. An off screen presence. Yeah. He's omnipotent. Yeah. He's everywhere. And he's just a big turtle. I don't understand. He's, he's so magical. <laughs> I don't think anything makes his presence felt more than when you get through the first star door in the very first area to go to the first like Bowser um, air level. Mm. You run towards the end of the hallway and there's a portrait of Peach. And the closer you get to the portrait, it phases into Bowser's face. Yeah. And then you fall into a hole in front of it out of nowhere. I remember that. And it's like- it's actually spooky as and makes Bowser feel very threatening for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, he's, <laughs> he, that, just his presence in that castle alone is, is plenty. And also Bowser's, um, um, oh, we'll talk about it now, before B- the second interaction with Bowser, you have to do a level called uh, Dire, Dire Docks and the very first star is called Bored Bowser's Sub. I don't know if you remember this, but- Bowser's like doctor ship in uh, under the it's like in a level I guess it's meant to like seem like it's under the castle and there's this huge ship with Bowser's face on the side of it yeah. like docked underneath the castle and that's just another thing that is cool makes mm. him feel like he's badass yeah yeah definitely I think it's it's only a shame that he's so stiff in the boss battles though yeah if you think of when you throw him you throw him into the um into the mines and he Shoots back. He literally just stays rigid. Doesn't his character doesn't move? Yeah, just bounces. And it's quite. I think that's the only um, thing. It's like when you just when you come to fight him, he's just not as he's just lumbering and quite awful to look at compared to Mario's animation. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, but it's just. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely the ugliest version of Bowser ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's classic when you defeat him though that he turns into a key because he's clearly a, a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, <laughs> but do you know what the source of his power is? Is that something that's ever explained? Is it? Is it never? Yeah, it's not ever said that like, oh, he's a Cooper, but he's like a wizard. 
Not, not to my knowledge. Yeah, it, it might have been explained before, but I have no idea. Yeah, it's okay. not very wizardous. Like he's he's more of just a brute. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, he's just mystical. It's though. not like he's magical. A lot yeah. of times, if if there's magic involved, he has like he he'll have like some stupid wand, or he'll have a um a side character that does magic mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's not. I wouldn't call him very, very wizard like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I literally just describe him as the big turtle dragon, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, and just speaking of his presence again, I think um, in the way that they don't really have him prominent early, and you don't even see him for a bit, you just hear his laughing and things like that. It sort of really heightens that uh, sense of the fact that your character. And where you are on the journey, you haven't actually registered as a blip on their radar sort of yet. Like, you're not worth the effort. Mm. So, doing a battle every, uh, you know, every third of the way through the game, it's sort of like Bowser's like, all right, I'll, I'll face him. He's becoming enough of a nuisance. And then he disappears for a bit until you have to do it again. Yeah. So, I just think it, um, like, we expressed this in our Bioshock episode where Andrew Ryan doesn't even give a damn about Jack, the protagonist, um, for a couple of levels. Yeah. Because you're just knowing, like, you're thinking, oh, where is he? Like, I wonder if we're going to see him. Um, but you, but then when he does rock up, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm actually just not even worth his time yet. He's so good, <laughs> yeah. oh, so so evil. I mean, so powerful. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, because even if you, um, yeah, you aren't going to directly interact with them. It's uh, it's the it's the way that they ignore you. That's a almost disrespect to you and it makes them, <laughs> makes them more powerful. So, I don't know, it's just a really cool... Um, makes them fall flatter on their face at the end too. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's like an implied evil rather than an explicitly showed one, yeah. shown one, which is um, yeah. always a probably a bigger threat because you don't actually understand it yet. Yeah. So, yeah. What I love is how he managed to... Like, were the, were the paintings in the castle magical to go through before he got there. Yeah. Mm. And he also brought three <laughs> magical paintings with him, I suppose, because there's three <laughs> Bowser-themed levels Yeah, that are their own worlds. So uh, I, I'd love to know the lore of that. I'd love to speak to Miyamoto. <laughs> he, he's the dad of those paintings. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. There's these little things, again, that you, you don't... Um, yeah, it's like with any piece of fiction... The answer's probably not even there. It's probably not even in the, the creator's mind. They mm. wouldn't even thought it. They just put things in. You don't need an explanation for everything. Yeah. But it's the beauty of gaming and any sort of story. It's how's you asking all these questions? Yeah. I um, mean, there's not really any reason to... You don't need to know why the paintings exist because the castle itself, just to speak on that for a, a minute, is it's one of the most iconic hub worlds in a game ever. Like it doesn't. It really doesn't need any explanation. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, and that music is so ingrained in my brain. The castle music. Mm. Um, just hear it over and over. I love all the little hidden areas of the castle. So many hidden levels. Um, just certain different paths, things to do. It's awesome. I love well, the castle hub world. It's quite mysterious, mm. and it's. Uh- it's effectively so. It's just, uh, yeah, like you said, there's always little secret chambers and things you might find. The paintings are mysterious. Mm. The fact that, yeah, you find secret paintings to go through uh, or 
secret paths through certain paintings. Yeah. Um, and like, as I said, as a kid, that captured my imagination like big time. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot, I love the warp rooms. Yeah. Um, but this is just, this was a different thing for me again. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. How good are, how good were old games and their warp rooms? <laughs> yeah. So good. The best. So fun. <laughs> it always works. Always. It always works. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, moving on from the castle and the characters, I'm going to go through every, we'll go through all of the worlds mm-hmm. and just get some comments off both of us on them. Starting with uh, bomb Om Battlefield, home of King bomb Om, your guy. My guy. Big mustache on him. Mario should respect him more, really. Yeah. For the mustache um, they both have. Big Daddy Stash. They both have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big Bomb Om on the Summit is the name of the first star <laughs> um, where you just have to go up there and it's a clear translation. pick very him li- up and drop him three times. It's a very literal transla- translation, that one. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> but this level is, uh, this is the iconic Mario level. Like if people think of Mario, 3D Mario levels, they usually think of Bomb on Battlefield. You're right, because strangely, now that you mention it, mm. whenever I think of Super Mario 64, that's the thing that even when I've seen people playing through the game, that is for some reason the one I've seen more than anything else. Yeah. No, it's it's the one. Yeah. It's the one. Even Why? the music, like the the theme, I, I know it straight away. Mm. Off the top of my head. I'm not going to keep going, but that's I, I know I know the whole thing. You can sing that to me after the pod's over. I'll sing I'll sing it uh, sing it to you to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mario Wings to the Sky is uh, another star in this level, which can be a bit of a pain in the butt. You have to go onto the floating island on the stage and use the cannon with a wingsuit uh, wing cap applied, and there's about five or six circle rings of coins in the sky. And you got to shoot yourself and fly through them all um, to get the star, uh, and it's it can be quite difficult. That would actually. have been awful because yeah, they're they're all the different heights. It's pretty hard, and then when you do it, I think the star um, stays out stays out in the sky wherever the last one you did was. So then you got to jump yourself back into the star. <laughs> oh no! So, the next course is Womp's Fortress, which is a really good one. Uh, do you remember that? Do you remember any of them? Or am I talking through them? Um, is this the one in Super Mario Odyssey? No, close. <laughs> it's in Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh. Actually. I was being facetious. I know. I was actually pretty close. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember, Will. It's pretty much like a... Um, how do you explain it? It's just a big... Oh, one thing you might remember is if you go... You go about halfway up the fortress, I guess. It's just like a tower. You go halfway up and there's a sleeping piranha plant mm. against the wall and you have to scuttle along the wall past it. Okay. I remember everyone always remembered that because if you woke it up, you'd go bang. Eat ya. Yeah. But you, you go onto the top of the tower and you fight a, a giant, well, I'm guessing it's actually womp. You fight a giant womp. Okay. Like one of the dudes that fall. And you got to get on his back three times and ground pound. Yeah. Yeah. So, you might remember that. Oh, yeah. I smashed him. But the- I recall. I recall it, Will. I remember. Nice. But the star I always remember from it is was called Blast Away the Wall. 
because it's it's a really bizarre one because there's absolutely no hint of where the wall would be or how you can blast it away at all. And what you actually have to do is there's one single cannon on this level. You get in the cannon and there's this random wall, just like it's just a, it looks it's just a general wall that comes out of from the tower. And if you shoot Mario into the cor- top corner of it, it blasts bloody, it chips off the top corner and there's a star there. Oh. But there's no indication of doing anything. Oh. And I ha- I don't know how I ever did it. I have no idea. It's like trying to find um, Team Rocket one of the 10 times in Gold and Silver. <laughs> it's like, what do I do next? Yeah. I'm just going to go back everywhere that I've just been and see if I can find <laughs> I know. There's that one time where you're in, I think, Mahogany Town. But you actually have to go to Goldenrod. Yeah, into the underground. <laughs> Thanks. Like, I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we move on to Jolly Roger Bay, which is the famous level with the giant scary eel, oh. which you may remember, the underwater eel. And the star is called Can the Eel Come Out to Play? Oh. The names of the stars uh, are actually quite lame. <laughs> That's a bit more playful than the others, yeah. literally. You have to- uh, you have to sucker the eel to come out of the wall and it's got a star on its tail. You know, swim into the star. But the eel, if you saw a picture of it, you would remember straight away. It terrified kids growing up. And I feel like it uh, gave me nightmares at some point as well. Yeah, it would have. I know what you like. They had a small revival in Mario Odyssey with the new graphics, you know. Ooh. Uh, cool, cool mountain. It's the next level, which is the is a big snowy mountain where you have to race the penguin down the slide. Oh. And that's called the Big Penguin Race. Uh, Mario 64 features a few slide levels. Um, pretty Sliding fun. stars, which are all good. They but handle the, pretty well too. Yeah, they do. The race against the Big Penguin might be the most memorable. I mean, it's the first one you encounter, but um, just because you, it's actually a race. The, others, the other ones, you literally just go straight down them, but you got to race the penguin and he's quite difficult. And he, there's actually a shortcut through through the wall at one point like that you just phase through the wall. I think some coins lead you on. If you use the shortcut against the penguin and bend him down there, he just says, no, nah, no shortcuts. Oh. He doesn't give you the star. So you have to beat him legit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, the next level is Big Boo's Haunt, which if you go out to the back, um, the back sort of garden of the castle, there's a little... Um, haunted mansion looking sort of diorama looking cage thing and if you jump at it uh, Mario like minimizes and goes into the cage this is the only one of the only levels where you don't jump into a painting okay it's just a little cage out the back on the grass because why not Mm. and yeah big boo's horn it's literally just a big haunted mansion Um, might have might have spurred on Luigi's mansion who knows that makes sense but the the star I remember is Big Big Boo's balcony because you have to get up to the top balcony uh, on the front of the mansion and fight fight King Boo one on one for the star. And I I actually don't know. I, when I was thinking about this the other day, I was trying to have any sort of recollection of how I ever got up to the balcony, mm. and I cannot for the life of me remember. And I reckon I've done it about six times in my life. And okay. I don't know how to get up there. Hmm. Well, I'm like, you should be glad I'm here because I'm about to help you. 
Turn it on and we'll do a live workout. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> you just need to narrate the whole experience for everyone. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So that's uh, how it did you do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, I could look it up, but where's the fun in that? Yeah, yeah. Hazy Maze Cave is the next one, and I spoke about that earlier, and it just sucks. But there, there is one other star that is almost as painful, and that is elevate for eight red coins. There's this one room of the of the map where you have to go up onto this like lift thing and go around to get the eight coins, but the the sort of lift pad you're on has four arrow, directional arrows on it, and you got to stand on it to move it. And um, oh man, it's just a pain in the butt. <laughs> you got to like go around a few ledges, and and if you bump into things, it starts shaking and then it falls. So you can't hit anything. There's a few like projectiles coming at you. Ugh. <laughs> it's the worst. But in Hazy Maze Cave, actually, now that I think of it, there is a spot down the very bottom of the um, of the level, down near the plesiosaur. If you go into a side door, it actually takes you into a small little extra level that's not part of Hazy Maze Cave. That's like a big river. And you unlock the metal cap in there for Mario because what you have to do is collect a bunch of, I think, red co- eight red coins in the river, but the river's flying really hard. So if you use the metal cap, he turns really heavy, like solid metal, for thirty seconds, and you can walk through the river underwater, right, um, and get them all. So okay, extra little bonus. Yeah, uh, lethal lava land is the next level, and hot foot into the volcano is a star that I could remember. Hot foot into the hot vol- foot it oh. into the volcano, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> <laughs> that level's pretty big, actually, and it's majority. Just lava, of course. So it's pretty hard to get around, but you couldn't think it get, could get any bigger. But you jump into the volcano, and there's a whole other area. <laughs> and that's where this star is. And it's quite hard platforming to the very top, jumping onto small platforms, and also diving off of pole, moving poles, mm-hmm. like one to the next. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. This game's actually hard. Well, and the pole jumping um, <clears throat> is pretty satisfying. Yeah, but trying to get that direction correct, mm. like with any game, to be honest, when you try when you cling to a pole or a ledge, to have that confidence that you're actually pushing in the right direction is one of the more frustrating experiences in any game. Because <laughs> you know yeah. when you you know in, in some games, for example, you'll be on a ledge, and when you push in the right direction, you know the character will sort of turn their head or hand mm-hmm. as if they're going to jump that way. Yeah, and you go, okay, that's the right way. Then other times, you do that and they just jump the opposite direction yeah so Mario's pole jump in this game is better than expected mm. but I know those harder levels such as moving poles that would be rage inducing <laughs> well many he doesn't give you any indication of knowing he'll go that way like he doesn't turn and look he's literally just wrapped around the pole it's just your, whatever way his back's facing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a pain in the butt and what makes it worse, and this is a problem with any 64 game, is that the camera controls on the 64 are <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. It's been <laughs> probably more advanced than you'd expect Yeah, in terms of directional change. but Well, they, they just get stuck when it's like in a corner. Yeah. And the thing about this level with the volcano <laughs> is it's quite enclosed. Ugh. So when you're trying to get up the top and going on something like the moving poles, 
the camera will get stuck pretty easy and it's just, <laughs> no good. I mean, look, the game's great. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm just sucking. Um, a few more levels. We've got Shifting Sandland and on Shifting Sandland, there is a bird that carries around a star, right? And you have to take it out of its grasp and it's super easy to do, right? I, it's actually very simple. There's like four towers around the map that Mario can just run up the run up the wall off on the side and just get on top. Yeah, why right. not? And <laughs> the bird flies around the map and goes across the top of all of them in his path. But when I was young, Luke, I was a bit of a goose. And for some reason, I thought the only way I could accomplish this star is if I put the wing cap on and I flew after the bird instead. Making oh. it ten times harder for me. Yeah, because the flying in in Super sixty four is very hard because you have to use the momentum of dipping with the wings keep to keep yourself going. Right, you can't just like float around and slowly go down. Yeah. So yeah, I remember spending so much time trying to get this star and just ending up in the quicksand <laughs> when all I had to do was climb up the tower and just stand there and wait for the bird to come around on its rotation and just jump. <laughs> well, look, some people mature with age, but I, I still think you're that young boy who can't work things out. Yep, probably. <laughs> well, anyway, I worked it out eventually because I went to Die Die Docks, actually, which I did speak about earlier, where you board Bowser's sub, which is not that hard. Like, you literally get on the ship and the stars just floating there. We've got Snowman's Land. It's another snow level, which I feel like is easily forgotten, but it has a couple of good stars. Snowman's big head <laughs> is one of them where because the middle of the level is just a huge snowman sort of like mountain. Like uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, yes, similar, but not as big as that. What's that called? Winter? Uh, Freeze Easy Peak. Freeze Easy. That's yeah. Um, and when you get to the top of the this snowman, it uh, out of its mouth, it's blowing a gale. And you have to. There's a penguin that walks back and forth across a icy bridge, yeah. and you have to stand on the penguin's head to get across <laughs> in this level. <laughs> yeah, if you hit, get hit by the wind, you fly all the way to the bottom, and you lose your hat. Aren't like your plumbers, hat flies off somewhere else, so it's you know brutal landing. Aren't plumbers just amazing? I know the things they go through for our our pipes. <laughs> 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 We've got wet dry world. Which is probably the weirdest level in the game because it's it's just like it's just a bunch of water in a cage with like just it's just platforms chaos. It makes no sense, and you can raise and lower the water level. Okay. And then the star right down is called Go to Town for Red Coins because in the very corner of the map there's a huge cage. That goes to like, as in there's an outer cage and then there's like a smaller cage in the cage that goes to the top. And you have to either raise the water level all the way up or try and like shoot yourself in there. When you go all the way down and around, there's this other little town thing. And it it's just, I just, I cannot explain this level. It actually is like a fever dream, makes no sense. And it looks like they designed in five seconds. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> well, clearly they couldn't decide what it was going to be. No, they have no idea. Yeah. I, I'd like to show you this at some point. Yeah. I want to show you this level. <laughs> Only a few more. Tall, tall mountain. 
with the mysterious mountainside star, which is another slide level. Oh. Halfway out of the mound, you walk past a square in the in the mound because it was a 64 and everything's weirdly uh, polyg- polygonal. And there's just a square that just all of a sudden ripples when you run past and you go in. It's just a great slide. We've got <laughs> Tiny Huge Island, cracking level, that one, where you go in and out of pipes and one half of the level is the level's tiny and Mario's gigantic, like huge, and then you go into the pipe again and Mario becomes miniature and the level's absolutely huge. Oh, wow. Reversed. Cool. That's cool. And all like, like all the Goombas are like, you know, 10 times his size, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and all reversed. We've got TikTok Clock, which I couldn't think of a star that stood out, but the thing I like about TikTok Clock is it's like you, you jump into the clock to get in, and, and then it's kind of like you're supposed to be inside because the whole level's a moving part, like the inside of a clock. And depending on what time you jump into the, jump into the, well, yeah, I'll say painting, the clock's moving on the front. Depending on what time you jump in, that's the speed of the inside. Right. So if you jump directly on 12, it's stopped. Okay. And then the further it goes around, the faster it gets. So depending on what star you're doing, what you need, you got to jump in the right time. Hmm. And the last that's level- really, That's really cool level design though. Yeah, it really is. Really interesting. Yeah. And the last level, Rainbow Ride, which is- Oh, man. I, mean, I don't know. Either that or TikTok Clock would be the hardest levels in the game. Rainbow Rides, it's just- It's like you're in the sky and there's magic carpets that go everywhere and these really hard jumps, lots of wind going different directions. Nightmare. Nightmare fuel. The good old Rainbow Road- uh, Rhodes' brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. There's a star called Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is super challenging. And let's see, and all, that's what they got to name their stars from now on. Like, keep them poetic, keep them actually topical, a bit nice, rather than grab star Mario grab star with gloved hand, throw rock. Hmm. <laughs> it's just more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> this star requires you to. Pretty much go all over the entire map and even shoot yourself through the air with a cannon and grab onto a pole uh, that's on a floating moving platform. Gross. It's hectic. Yeah. And uh, it, it's brutal by design, but it it feels like the final test before the very like the very final stage, Bowser in the sky. Yes. The last stage. Because I believe we do have Bowser... I've got it here. Where is it? Where is it going? Bowser in the Dark World, mm-hmm. first time. Bowser in the Fire Sea. And w- when I read that before, I was like, why did I say Fire Sea when it's clearly meant to be lava? But I forgot this is actually the official name for yeah. it, is Fire Sea. And then, yeah, the last one's Bowser in the Sky. Yeah. Which is the least terrifying of the three to call the final boss battle, but mm-hmm. regardless. It is. See how it is. Yeah. It's actually... Almost the least threatening looking of the three levels too. <laughs> like yeah. it's cool, but it's I don't know. the The second one's it's all lava. Like that feels very fitting mm. of Bowser. But I suppose the last one it's 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 quite menacing. Lots of dark colors in the sky, purple and greens sort of mixed in. Looks nice. Yeah, I do want to quickly shout out though one level in particular. Uh, in the castle lobby, the very front, first bit, if you, you go into the first person view of Mario and look up at the skylight, 
you get phased into a level um, where you unlock the wing cap for the first time. What? And it's a level where you have to f- use the wing cap to fly around to collect eight coins and get a star. I just think it's cool. I like it's another little hidden star in the in the castle. So you might not ever get the winged cap. Nope. If you didn't look up. Nope. You like you can do everything in the game without the wing cap. Yeah. But the wing cap makes it funner. Yeah, right. Yeah, but if you look if you look up at the sky in the wall the the like light source, there's a big button for the wing cap at the start of the level. And he's got the wing cap on the main artwork and the main ca- on the case mm. cartridge. So yeah, how dare they hide that from us? You could easily miss it. Yeah, mm. that's good though. I do like that sort of thing. But that's what the old games were like. Well, because there's no way to communicate these secrets unless you went online, which of course dial up <laughs> yeah. back then. Hardly. Yeah. yeah. Hardly. Ninety six. It was just up. Yeah. No <laughs> dial, just up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was. Um, yeah, it was just cool, all these little secrets that so many people wouldn't have. It was it made all these old games sort of nightmare fuel as well. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, as, as kids, when you're not understanding things, weird as hell. And so when you look up and get phased into the roof, into the ceiling, whatever, and find a wing cap, what's going through your you know four-year-old mind? Yeah, but we just did it. Yeah. Back in the day, we just did it. Yeah. These games, these games that are seemingly tough because they don't explain things the way we like it, you know. They, when we were kids, we just did it. And I think because someone at school would have done it by accident and then told everyone and everyone does it and just the good old days. Mm. But the three, the three caps in the game are all hidden. You could, you could miss them all. That's, that one's in the, um, that castle lobby star. The, the metal caps in a bonus room in the bottom of Hazy Maze Cave, you could easily miss. And then the invisibility cap is in a level that, um, you can only get to if you drain the moat of the castle and there's a hole in the bottom of the moat Yeah, well, with a little level in there for the invisibility cap. And you can so play you- the game without finding any of them? Yep. Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, but some stars you would need them for. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. But you only need 70 stars to get to the final level of 120. Right, right. So you can definitely beat the game without it. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly speaking about the music of the game, uh, it's wonderful. What do you think? It is really nice. Uh, I think the the organ slash like synthesizer uh, soundtrack of the Mushroom Kingdom, not <laughs> not Castle. Yeah, um, it's really calming and uh, bizarre at the same time. Like it's just a the, the organ. Mm. It's just it's it, when I yeah playing it again. I remember hearing as a kid and I was just, I always found it relaxing. But at the same time, the organ or the synth just makes such weird noises. Yeah. That don't make any sense. <laughs> like who, desi- who decided an organ would be the the piano of the church and then we'll put it in a video game? It's, <laughs> uh, it's just bizarre. I, I just find it, um, it's such a unique sound that to be honest, rarely fits into anything, but here it works really well. Mm. Um, yeah, that's it's just weird. I just, I just, I don't know what it is about it. It makes me uncomfortable and so comfortable at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the music's great. It, it all feels very, um, like, well-produced for the theme of each level mm. um, at the same time as just being just pleasant. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just good. But quite to be quite frank, I think the music, it's hard. It's like tied with Zelda. I think the music in the Mario games, especially the 3D ones, is... Like arguably the best music that the game music there is, 
mm. but and, and tied with Zelda, of course, but it, it doesn't get much better. No. Really. And I think even, yeah, and other platformers, Crash and Spyro, they have really good soundtracks as well, uh, mm. really unique, and that's the best thing about them. They're all quite unique. I, I do think, though, and I must say that in-game, the in-game Mario music... Um, and I'm not sure if it's necessarily all 3D games. Like I've, you know, I've played bits and pieces. Uh, so I'm about, I'm um, playing Galaxy at the minute. Um, but I think especially with this Super, Super Mario 64, the music in in the actual levels themselves isn't something that you listen to mm. and go, oh, that's that's so distinctly Mario. Yeah, it's really good music. Like you said, that's great. But I don't think I've, I would be able to if I heard that. Um, if I heard a, a um, a soundtrack from a level or a collection of levels maybe I might be able to pick up a trend but if I didn't know that that was from a Mario game I might just go oh, I don't know what that's from could be just from a yeah you know, some I understand that Nintendo game mm. um, I mean yeah if you heard a few at once you'd, you'd start to put the picture together because you just know what it feels like basically mm-hmm. um, but like it's, I think it's the sound effects they're probably the more iconic definitely the, the more iconic um, parts of the game especially even the yeah, and here we go and all that sort of stuff. That's the sort of, they're the sort of things you always pick up on. Yeah. And will always be iconic. But I think the music itself, um, and that's probably a better way to put it, is the music itself maybe second of importance to the sound effects. And mm-hmm. that's not at all a bad thing. No. Because um, the music in this game is just really good backing, like a really good backing track. It never takes the lead. Yeah. Talk about Banjo-Kazooie. The music is like... So in your face, but also <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. in your face, and it is like as much as about it's uh, as prominent as the actual level design itself. Mm. You're playing the game, you're like, this music's out of control. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas in Mario, you're just plodding along, going, oh, this music's nice. Yeah, um, yeah, which yeah, which isn't a, a bad thing. Um, it's just, um, and it still sounds very distinctly Nintendo in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, <laughs> I do have to just quickly say. Um, that I like, I do love um, um, Bowser's theme, like it's quite intense, yeah. Um, and I did actually, I have no idea what this actually means. I've put in banana, wow, <laughs> and I, I can't remember what it actually sounds like mentally. Does ba, that ba, 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 ba. oh, it's it's yeah, yeah, that's the one. There you go. <laughs> um, and I, I reckon that it's almost what I imagine a WWF era um, midnight recap show to sound like. I reckon it's be the soundtrack for that. Yeah. The, the some X-rated WWF thing. You can see that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I was listening, you can also to see Bowser walking out to that. Oh, definitely. Mm. Oh, if he made a cameo on on uh, Raw in the Rumble, in the Rumble, <laughs> two thousand and one, two thousand. Yeah. Mid Rikishi dance off, yeah, would be all over it. Yes. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. that's that's my general general opinion of the music. Um, I just think it's yeah, and that's really good character to the game. But again, it's the the just everything to do with Mario, like his sound effects and everything. They just they just don't need any any accompaniment, really. Yeah, um, and I think they just they did they made the right move in making the music second. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I I agree. With a lot of your points. I will just say. That uh, speaking of the five main 3D platformers in the Mario series, I'd argue that Super Mario 64 is in the bottom end 
of great music yeah. from this from the uh, the five. Like I know we're talking about just this game, but it's hard to not reference the others when you talk about one of them. Mm. Um, and I think because we know the music from this game is quite good, it uh, it shows how good the music can be when referred referring to the other ones, Odyssey and uh, yeah, Od- Odyssey and Galaxy. The music's killer. Well, as far as I am through Galaxy, I already know it's ten times better. Mm. I can't actually mentally picture any of the tracks, but I just know that you're just ba- you're almost just bouncing along the whole yeah. time from the music. Um, the most famous one's called uh, Gusty Garden Galaxy from that game. You have sh- I remember you showing me that about and, 10 years ago. And I think my favourite song from Odyssey is um, of the Cascade Kingdom, which one day, you, if you play it, you'll know. Mm. Great. It's a great tune. Speaking of Bowser's theme, let's quickly touch on the finale of the game and then we'll get into a couple of burning questions. So the finale is, it's pretty good. I mean, so the Bowser's the Bowser fights. Just to quickly explain them, you you pretty much you take him on one on one, but he kind of just walks around like a big slow snail idiot. And you grab his tail, and using the thumbs the joystick of the sixty four controller, you have to spin it around hundred miles an hour and get the momentum up, and then fling Bowser through the air into these massive. Um, like bombs yeah, that are off the side mines. of the cliff. Yeah. Sitting on the edge of the, the platform, the battle arena. Yeah. So, in the first one, you just do it once and he's done. In the second fight in the uh, fire world, fire sea rather, the the platform actually tilts sideways during the fight and you slide down and all the stuff. But again, you've only got to hit him once. But in the final fight, you have to hit him into three mines uh, and the stage breaks off each time and it ends up turning into this really small star. Mm. So, there's like hardly any surface area to, to get to him. It's, it can be quite hard actually. Mm. Uh, but you get it done, of course. And Bowser has like this rainbow finish to him in the final fight as well. Like he's all mighty or something. He's reached his final form. Yeah. He looks disgusting. <laughs> like in the, like he, he already looks bad in this game. And then they just make him all fluoro and rainbow. It's, he looked gross. Anyway, oh, it's fine. But yeah, you send him into the mines and uh, you finish him off. And then a fantastic, um, fantastic final segment where Mario gets the final, um, gets the final star, and uh, he gets the wing cap on, and he triple jumps into the air and starts to fly away. And this brilliant. Um, brilliant soundtrack comes on which um it's it's one of the most memorable scenes and sounds uh, of a game i've ever experienced so everyone should look it up yeah okay but what do you think about the final fight well it's nearly as bleak as the gruntilda fight in banjo kazooie in terms of the arena that's in yeah so um, yeah the actually i'd say i'd actually say it's better than the banjo the banjo one i played the banjo fight literally yesterday and right. it's the banjo one, like it's interesting. It's on the very top of the of Grunty's um, lair, very top of the tower. But the like, just the, there's nothing in the distance. Like the, yeah, the no. sky, the sky around it just looks like just looks kind of dark and maybe a bit purple. It is just purple. And then yeah. it's just it's literally the top of a tower. It's very very boring. Mm. I, I'd actually say the Bowser stage is more interesting. 
Yeah. Mm. I think the stage itself is a bit nicer, but it's nowhere near as creative as the actual battle itself. No, no, no way. So yeah. um, so I think in, in, in it being a similar environment, that's the, where my comparison goes. And I think, you know, that final boss fight, it doesn't offer anything new that the game has done. Like we've spoken before in boss battles, you want to... You want it to be a combination of all the things you've learned to that point of the game yep. and use them. Yep. And to be honest, <clears throat> outside of maybe, you know, controlling Mario's jumping and jumping around on the different points of the star or, you know, trying to make sure he's balanced and not slide mm. off the edge, whatever it is, it's quite same, same. It's just a bit longer yep. than the others. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not exactly unique to the game. Yeah. So Yeah. But it, yeah, I guess I guess a little bit of the training for the platforming you've done throughout the game comes to fruition, but it's not enough to say that it's an evo- a real evolution of the fight. Yeah, no. Mm. So I think he's he fall he falls a bit short, old Bowser in the end. Um, yeah, he doesn't even give us a good laugh, or does he? Does he give us a good laugh in it? Probably. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. When you first. I wouldn't be surprised when you first um, get in there and he's sort of walking towards you. He talks and yeah, yeah. running his mouth as always. <laughs> yeah, running his big turtle dragon face. Mm-hmm. What does he even speak? Turtle or dragon? Um, I don't know. Mushroom. Idiot. Toad. <laughs> toad. <laughs> I'd love to talk toad. It's an abridged version of toad. <laughs> <laughs> Black speech toad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And I think, but otherwise, the, the fallout, the fallout from the battle, the outcome of Mario taking the, the cake yep. of the fight, um, I think it's just, <laughs> a, I think it's a real shame, to be honest. Um, you know, we, I've spoken maybe, maybe the cake, maybe it's a metaphor. I don't know. I hope it is because after he defeats the big, ugly Blastoise wannabe, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. He's a poor man's Blastoise, Bowser. Well, he, I mean, he was first, but yeah. Yes. Mm. It doesn't matter. doesn't make him better. No. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, he defeats Bowser. Mm-hmm. He rescues the princess. Mm-hmm. Saving the kingdom of toad, toad mushrooms. Right? Yeah. Sort of. I feel like all he saved was a chance to eat that cake. <laughs> exactly. All Bowser did was infiltrate the castle and put... Put up paintings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but after all this, all Mario gets is a peck on the nose <laughs> from old boring Peach. I know. And what a stinger. Um, and, and a cake. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bit of a stinger. I I would have... I wouldn't have demanded more. That's disrespectful and wrong, especially when you're up against a princess. But as, but, but as we but, said earlier... Mm-hmm. I think there's a bit more going on there. Yeah. It's implied, isn't it? Mm. Let's say it's implied. Yeah. Mario- A lot of rooms in that castle. Get the furniture back in. (laughs) Yes. We'll we'll start with that. Well, Mario, help her move back into the castle, make it nice again. Then you may be worthy. (laughs) (laughs) But Will, we needed to see it. (laughs) <laughs> Did we? No, not see it. Those old, uh, those old no- '90s 3D models. Not quite like that. <laughs> but I was implying that without literally meaning that. Um, I just, I just have a feeling if he doesn't make the move quicker, it doesn't get, you know, 
the ring, mm. whatever it is that he needs to, you know, get Peach over the line. I know Luigi's going to stumble I, in there. I and was steal just the about win. to say it's where the Luigi steps up. <laughs> yeah, and then if he fails, because he will, he's useless. Mm. Warrior. Oh no! And that's my character. Yeah, it is. So, as long as Waluigi stays well away from any female, oh, God. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily, he wasn't around in this game. No, he wasn't. He wasn't spawned from the deepest pits of creepy yeah. hell. He hadn't even been born yet. No, thank God. At this point. <laughs> I'm sure Miyamoto wouldn't claim to be his father. Yeah. Because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's the game. Super Mario 64, done. How about a couple of burning questions? Oh. So, so hot. My question to you, Luke. This is I want I want you to get your creative juices flowing a bit here. I know you like that. Like you like doing that, getting your creative juices flowing. Five 3D Mario games. We've we've saved the princess from the castle. We've gone to holiday on a tropical island. We've gone to space twice. And then we've flown all around the world and, and to the moon in Odyssey. I want you to I want you to tell me what Mario can do next. I think he um, he has to conquer. Where does he go from here? Um, I think uh, King Toad. <laughs> and where does Bowser play into that? Okay, look. Picture this, Will. Princess Toadstool, aka Peach. She's mm. the princess of the of the kingdom. Right, right. But well. Well, she's the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. That's just one kingdom. Okay. She's princess of the Mushroom Kingdom. And by rights, the kingdoms probably always belong to toads. <laughs> I don't understand how a human took over, right? I'd say so, yeah. So, let's, let's, let's just uh, go with- Let's accept the fact that at some point, like they always do, the white people came and conquered this foreign land. Took it as their own. Yep. She called the mushrooms toads for some stupid reason. I'm not going to let that go. It's weird. And <laughs> at some point, the toad people, the toad mushrooms, yeah, are going to overthrow her, or they want to going to they're going to want to take the throne back. So they're going to force her to marry a, a young mushroom slash toad. <laughs> and Mario's going to be filthy as hell. Yeah. He's going to say. You you can't act you can't technically breed with a mushroom, Peach. You can't do this. And the toad's gonna be like, oh, I don't care. I'm, I don't even know what I am anymore. Mario, stay out of this. This is my kingdom. This is my princess. I'm taking back <laughs> what is rightfully mine. Yeah. Okay. And then Mario's gonna be like, nah, this isn't right. Then Mario's gonna come in, kill the king, and then by right the kingdom is becomes his because that's what happens back in the prehistoric times that Mario existed. Right. Um, and then Peach will love him at first, but slowly realize she's now his captor because Mario's going to lose the, his plot, lose the plot and become a tyrant. At, at which point, Bowser, all clean of his, all of his spikes, he gave up his old life. He's now clean, doesn't breathe fire, he, he breathes water. Mm. He's, he's now called Blastoise. He just looks like- <laughs> and we're going to be playing he just looks like him. Yoshi's older brother now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and now he's going to come in and we're going to be like, oh, we love Blastoise. Okay, let's kill Mario because we love Blastoise so much. <laughs> yeah. um, and basically, Peach is going to somehow become Blastoise's wife. Wow. Plot twist. Okay. Blastoise is actually a female. <laughs> and we forgot to check the little icon in the in the health bar. <laughs> okay. It's actually not a plot twist. That's fine. We're progressing. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. That's gonna happen. Can I can I offer a small counter story to that? Yeah. I think Did I just say that all in the podcast? Yeah, you did. It was incredible. Well done. I I think maybe we've got a reverse Fiona from Shrek scenario here where Peach was a mushroom, became a person. Oh. And Bowser. So the toads the toads are trying to get Peach to marry, but Bowser is actually doing her a favor by keeping her away. And Mario trying to thinking he's doing the right thing saving her from Bowser is bringing her back into the wedding space Prince by accident. Mario's Prince Charming and Bowser's the, the dragon. Yeah, and Bowser's going to have to <laughs> yeah. get a donkey. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Like Mario's yeah. saving her, yeah. but it's actually making things worse for her. Yeah. Because if she comes back, she has to marry a Oh, Mario Shrek. Sorry. Yep. I forgot about Shrek saving her. <laughs> I just thought of Prince Charming rocking up and missing her. I'm an idiot. That's not even the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I think that's um pretty accurate. Yeah. I think we've done well. What was your burning question? Um, yeah, let me just recover here, take stock, um, and find out. So, Luigi is absent from this game, the original. We're not talking about the DS. Yeah, This yeah. DS is non-canon at this point of the conversation. Yeah, it's fine. So, which games are better? Super Mario Brothers and those featuring both Mario and Luigi, mm-hmm. or those that feature only one of the pair? And by extension, if you prefer one over the other side- you can go with that. Well, I'm going to say one of the pe- one's the feature, only one of the pair. But the thing about that is that, so if you think if you think about um, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey, they don't they don't feature Luigi very much, but he he does exist in the games. Yeah, um, like Mario um, Odyssey. Like he only plays Mario. Yeah, but, he's, but he's allowed to be but present. But Luigi's is he exists and he has his own sort of side mini game mode you can join in on. Mm-hmm. So he's he's there, but you can't play as him. So there's there's not that many games where Mario where Luigi doesn't exist at all. Yeah, and look and as far as Luigi goes, there's Luigi's mansion, a right? more meant playable character, I suppose. Yeah, but um, in those games. In two of the three Luigi's Mansion games, you're trying to save Mario. So, he does exist, I guess. But I, I would say, no, I would say that um, games that feature just one playable character. But if you think about it, that argument is, it's literally arguing 3D games versus the 2D games. Because all the Mario 2D games basically feature the both. Exactly. Because it's just the same character with different color. And then, or at least the, the early ones. Um, and all the 3D games really just focus on playing as Mario. So, mm. and if I had to pick one, I pick the 3D game. So that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. And you, because you love the Luigi's Mansion games. Uh, yeah, I really I enjoy them a lot. I wouldn't say love, okay. but, uh, but I'm a big fan of them. Okay. Yeah, they're quite good. Mm. They're they're very different. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, talk about good. them. We'll talk about them one day. WarioWare. What about that? Te- technically, the story in um, Luigi's Mansion is very, very good compared to something like Super 64. Yeah. What'd you say? WarioWare? Yeah. Yeah. WarioWare is awesome. It's just mini games, though. All oh, right. Warrior does have his own series back in the day. Warrior Land, 2D games. Mm. They're good. Okay. Yeah. Waluigi's got nothing. Random yeah. random fact for you. Mm. And by fact, I mean thought from my head. Um, Warrior reminds me of Cheese and Bacon Shapes. Elaborate. Uh, well, he's got the pink bacon for the, for the overalls. His overalls are purple, aren't they? Yeah, same thing. It's a light purple. Well, it's... Not. Look. Is it? Bacon colour. Oh, true. Sorry. And Some reason in my head then I thought they were a lot darker. Yeah, I think it's pink. And mm. then yellow for the for the actual shininess of the, che- the cheese, the crispy cheese um, biscuit. Okay. Yeah. That's fun fun fact, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit bizarre. I'm glad we're ending the podcast on that one. Did I just say that on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, you've said a lot of things on this podcast. Well, great burning questions. I'd say mine was probably the best one. And another fun episode sitting here with you, Luke. Yes. Super Mario 64 will always be one of the great games to me. I'll always- To everyone. Yeah, to everyone. I'll I'll always return to it and play it. I think now that um, it's on Switch, well, it's it's on Switch in multiple avenues now, um, and, you know, DS version, I'll probably return to them more. Like, it's fun to return to the original cartridge sometimes but not you know not many times where you really want to pick that controller up because it's just a pain in the butt <laughs> you know really just for multiplayer the 64 at this point but especially the ripoff ones you have <laughs> i have real ones we can use them it's just that the sticks are worn so they don't stay upright very well you yeah. can use them <laughs> yeah but i do have some originals <laughs> <laughs> I thought the I thought the knockoffs would just be easier overall. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, Super Mario sixty four, great great time. But I'll I can't wait to talk about the other three D games one day because that's where the that's where my love truly is. Hmm. True. Well, my 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 top love. I, I do love this game. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yep. Fantastic game. Fantastic times. Simpler times. And it takes you straight back to those simpler times whenever you play it. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not trying to collect all the stars, in which case you will be frustrated, like the current times. Yeah, if you want to do a, if you want to do a full collectathon, go play Benjo Kazooie. Much mm. more peaceful time to collect everything. Yeah, um, like like Mario, Mario 64 as great of a game, but I don't know. There's something about Banjo. It's it's just a bit slower paced. I feel like you can breathe a bit more. Yep. Yeah. Well. I think even if you're playing a Mario game, you're always aware that there's 120 others. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be quite intense because you're always comparing in yeah. your head. You're always thinking the next one. Like mm. we have in this episode, we've just com- we've compared multiple times to the current, the other 3D games, like five of them. Mm-hmm. Banjo-Kazooie, obviously there's Banjo-Tooie, Nuts and Bolts. But when you play Banjo-Kazooie and when we reviewed it, all you focus on is just the game. Yeah. You don't, you just get, you just play the game. You don't have to, you know, compare it to anything because it's just its own thing. Which I think makes it um, easier and a bit more, yeah, a bit more charming, uh, relaxing in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, next week we're going to be tackling a co-op cyclone of a game. Mm-hmm. 
which is Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. Very a very big favorite from your younger days. Yeah. Mm, that I'm I'm recently having a whirl at as well. Yeah, so we're playing through it together in campaign. Uh, I played it through uh, through it when I was younger with a couple of mates because it's just obviously split screen on the PS2 and you got the CTR TV. CRT. CR Crash Racing Team in behind you. <laughs> and um, it's basically, it's just really fun to go back to it. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, you haven't played it before, but it's just a really fun combat game and um, works a treat with co-op. So we want to dive in that uh, next week because it has some fascinating characters from the Mortal Kombat lore. Well, it's into- actually a story. It's not just a, you know, like a, just a fighting game. It's got story to it, 3D action adventure, and hasn't been, it wasn't done before or since in the Mortal Kombat um, yep. series. Yeah, no. no I'm, I'm keen to talk about it more and learn about it more by playing it. Mm. Um, we'll be talking about it in two weeks. We're going to two-week uh, fortnightly uploads for for a bit or, or foreseeable future. We're busy boys. We are busy I'm boys. I'm doing a bit of study. Luke's doing a lot of writing. So, we're going to just go to fortnightly for now. Mm-hmm. Make it easier on us. Yeah. Might be able to make episodes better really more time into the um, prep yeah because one thing we never want to do is make this feel like a chore in any way mm. so as we as we're starting to ramp up with a few busy things we're trying to cram things in a bit um, you know in the last week for example you know you were on a holiday and I got COVID so there wasn't much going on <laughs> but hence the, the delay for this one but we just thought you know we've got a fair bit coming up so a fortnightly um, schedule will just be a bit easier on us um, and yeah we can Deliver some, hopefully, because you know our quality, our quality of content is so awful. We need to, um, <laughs> we need to improve it. So no, um, it'll just be a better for everyone. But um, bear with us; we'll still bring up some uh, bonus episodes, probably in yep. between as well. So for sure, we will have the, uh, the be content doing, still there. I'd say we'll probably be doing more bonus, and also getting in a few indie rumbles as well. Yeah, talking up the indies too. I've got to say though, Will, I'm upset because it's going to delay the 52nd episode. It's going to be further than out of from a year. Yeah. It we is. spoke about at the start. Yep. Um, what a bummer. And episode 50 is going to be the creme de la creme of yeah. this podcast. Mm. And we have we just delayed that a bit longer. <laughs> I wanted that to be next week. Can we just do 33, well, 50, 34? I mean, you could entice me to move it forward. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, great, uh, great talk again, once again, Luke. And... We're going to be back in two weeks with Mortal Kombat. Can't wait. Shall see you then, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.